Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. So on yesterday's show, I thought we made a really important distinction. We made a really important choice, right? Yesterday, if you will remember, we were talking about the Bucks. We were talking about the NBA and the Eastern Conference and the and the playoffs that are rapidly approaching. Couple uh, couple games, uh, about twenty games to go, give or take. I said, all right, now we can talk about the MVP. Now we can we have a big enough sample size. We have enough games under our belt. Early season, late season, we can look big picture, small picture. We can now effectively talk and reasonably talk about the MVP, right? Now, it's fun in November to say, if the season ended today, who's your MVP, right? That's fun, and it's fun to do that. Or over the All-Star break, say, well, what about now? These last 20 games might be, they can cement the the conceptions of some people uh, in terms of who is their MVP, or maybe they can change minds. These last 20 games, and in recency bias in sports, is huge, fairly or unfairly. When we're talking about the MVP, we're not going to be talking about games back in November, I don't know if that's fair or not. Those games matter just as much, but that's the way of sports, right? So yesterday I said, we can now talk about the MVP and have a reasonable discussion, a meaningful discussion, which is something you really can't do until we start really getting down the stretch. And and, and the field is kind of separated, right? We're talking Harden and Giannis, and Paul George is on the fringe as well. He definitely deserves a little bit of conversation, but is nowhere near uh, the heights of the other two, as I said yesterday. We can now talk about it, right? I think today is a big milestone here on the Wisco Sports Show because it is now February 26th. The NFL Combine is ready to get underway, and we can talk about the NFL Draft. I know some people have been have been pining for this, have been waiting for this because maybe basketball is not your thing, whether that's the NBA or, or college or the Badgers, whatever. Maybe you're just a huge football fan and you have been pining, you've been waiting to get to some meaningful talk, whether that be free agents, trades draft, whatever, you've just been waiting for anything, well, now, here we are. <laughs> and I and I know we're going to have a lot of listeners excited about that here on WKTY. The five-star telecom talking text line is open all, all hour long, excuse me, 608-796-2558. Coming up at 530, we're going to talk to Drew Kelly, the voice of uh, sports here on WKTY. A big couple of days for the UWL men and women's basketball teams, one team making uh, the NCAA tournament and receiving that at-large bid, and the other one, not so much, and and I don't necessarily know if the perception and the reaction was that 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 decision was entirely right. The the women twenty two and five with a record better than the men being snubbed from the tournament. So we're going to talk about that. They also released uh, some of the all conference selections today as well. And as both myself, but even more so, Drew Kelly have had an opportunity to watch uh, and talk to these players and talk to the coaches and, and and really be interacting with this team this year. I thought at five thirty that'd be a great time to get into it. We're also going to talk a little bit of Badgers kind of mixed in with some bucks. So for basketball fans, we're going to get to that later on in the show as well. Right now, I want to I want to start with the draft. I had a funny moment earlier today. I'm sure we all have. Look, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. You're not going to lie to me. You don't sit around and listen to WKTY all day, right? I'm not the only sports voice you listen to. You don't go to Dave and Scrady for simply every team and every topic ever. You know, maybe you're reading uh, ESPN writers or you're watching Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports 1 specifically. Maybe like Colin Cowherd. I hope that's not the case, but whatever it may be. I'm not the only voice you listen to. Earlier today, much like you all, I 
go outside of our programming here on WK2I as well. I was watching a live chat with Aaron Negler. If you remember him, he used to be at, I don't mean he is, he's no longer memorable. He used to be at PackersNews.com. He used to write for Sports Illustrated and Bleacher Report. Now he is back at Cheesehead TV, and I didn't mean to, to slight Negler like that. You remember him, right? Well, now he does uh, all sorts of, of awesome live chat programming and and is very interactive with Packers fans around the world, however they're accessing the internet, wherever they're accessing the internet, and he's answering questions, right? And one comment I really related to, I don't comment, I don't ask questions, I just, I'm here to soak up information, right? As somebody who's much closer and much more interactive with the Packers and with the NFL as a whole than I am, naturally, right? So I'm listening to try to get some insight and to try to get some opinion and and you know, a way of looking at things, maybe a different set of eyes, a different lens. And one of the commenters on his video said, um, man, I, I really want the Packers to solidify their offensive line. I really want them to get a stud offensive lineman, but I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be bummed if they do it uh, with that 12th overall pick. And I'm like, man, isn't that every casual Packers fan? Isn't that every, because right. I'm a Packer fan. I'm not a draft fan, right? I'm not a combine fan or a free agency fan. I care about those things and I pay attention to those things because it affects my team, the Green Bay Packers, who I want to see win. I am not going to sit down and spend hours and hours and hours of my life watching the combine. I'm going to read a recap, right? I'm going to hear what other people have to say about it. I'm going to watch some highlights, stuff like that. And maybe maybe you live and breathe for the combine and, and that is just fine as well. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm a Packer fan. I I want to see flash. I want to see excitement in the draft. Let's be real. Taking an offensive lineman with the 12th overall pick, the likes of which the Packers, well, let's just say the Packers haven't picked that high with any sort of consistency in my lifetime, right? They had, what was it, pick 14 last year, and everybody thought that that was insane. Like, they were picking the top five. Like, that's what it was being compared to, right? And now the Packers have the 12th overall pick. And, And I really related to that comment on this video uh, they said, I really want the Packers to solidify that offensive line. I really want them uh, to get a stud offensive lineman, but I'm not going to lie. I'd be bummed if they use the 12th overall pick on an offensive lineman, right? That statement is completely contradictory because if your number one priority and your number one focus for improving the Packers is offensive line, then of course you would want them to use the 12th overall pick on an offensive lineman, but that's not how we work. That's not how I work. I want the Packers to address all of their needs. I want them to get good players wherever they can, but I also want to do it in a way that's entertaining. I also want them to get a player who is entertaining. Remember when they took Kenny Clark? I'm pretty sure now we can all agree that Kenny Clark is one of the best Packers, if not the best defensive player that the Packers have, right? Very bright future, very young player, and a piece to definitely build around on that defense for years to come. But when... They selected Kenny Clark. Was anyone jumping up and down out of their chair, right? It was a very Ted Thompson pick. It's a very Ted Thompson thing to do to trade down, right? Or to take an offensive lineman with a high pick, right? Like, we were bummed last year when the Packers traded down because it wasn't exciting because we had to wait. We weren't jumping up and down because they got extra picks later on and they got a first-round pick this year. No, we were upset because we wanted a great player. And at the time, the 14th overall pick was the way to do it. I think there's this balancing act as Packer fans. When it comes to the draft... Because we want to see a great player who fills a need and improves the team, wherever that may be. But we also want it to be exciting. We also want it to be flashy, preferably a big-name player that we know and that we've seen highlights from, right? That's the balance that we have to walk. So as we get into draft talk, sometimes I have to check myself, right? Because if the backers want to fix their offensive line, well, the best way to do that would be to take an offensive lineman with the first pick that they have, which is number 12, right? Now, I know the value might not be there and and all all of that sort of thing, but just talking in broad terms, 
if you want to improve the offensive line, we'll use your highest draft pick on it, right? But that's not how our brain works. That's not how my brain works, at least. I want to be entertained. And an offensive line minute 12, it's like, oh, ugh. come on. That's how I feel. So I need to keep myself in check. This is sports fandom intermixed with watching the draft. I'm not a draft fan. I enjoy the draft because I'm interested to see what the Packers do. I'm interested to see what the Packers competition does. I'm interested to see what other teams do because I have I enjoy watching the rest of the league as well. This is what happens when you intermix fandom with something very what is the correct word? It's very statistical, right? It's it's very process driven the draft. It's not flashy. It's not a game of football. Right? It's picking players off a board. We love it because it's our team. We love it because it's the Packers. But sometimes when you mix fandom with with watching the draft, uh, it can be a cluster. And it is a whole lot of fun. I'm excited to finally get into talking some draft today. So here's what I'm going to say. Before we take a break and before we get back to some draft talk, and I hope to be hearing from you on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line at 608-796-2558. Twitter is open as well, at Grant. That's my account. And at WKTY. I want to lay a couple things down. I don't expect any of you, and I say, hey, what should the Packers do? What are we going to focus on uh, when the NFL draft comes up here in April? I believe it's April 25th. It's normally a Thursday night, right? How do we want the Packers to handle this? What should their strategy be? What position group should they target? I don't necessarily expect our listeners to be able to call in and say, I want this player, this player, this player from this university and in this school. Man, I don't have that knowledge yet. And a lot of that knowledge is going to start to grow as we watch the draft, right, as we read reports from, or not the draft, the combine, excuse me, as we watch the combine and and read reports from the combine, that's kind of when this ball gets rolling. So any names that you guys can bring to the table, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be impressed. Outside of that 12th and 15th pick, and I've looked at some mocks, I I haven't done a whole lot of mocks, I I don't necessarily get a whole lot out of that, like doing a fantasy football draft, right? It's not necessarily my thing. Reading what others have said and, and just trying to familiarize myself with, especially edge rushers, tight ends, safeties, offensive line, and things like that. That process is now just beginning. So let's talk in broad terms. How do you want the Packers to approach this draft? Right, we're now almost into March, which means we're almost a month away from the draft. So looking forward to hearing from you on the Five Star Telecom talking text line. When we come back, this is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hopping aboard, hanging out. Hope you're having a good night. We're talking UWL basketball in about 10 or 12 minutes with Drew Kelly, the voice of all of our local sports action here on WKTY. They announced all-conference, and and obviously we're going to talk about the men's team getting an at-large bid and the women's team uh, being left out on the porch. We have opinions on all of this, so Drew's going to come in and join me here in about 10 or 12 minutes. Until then, I, we're getting the ball rolling on Packers draft talk, and I, I try to do a, a fair job of setting the table and, and just painting a good picture of exactly how I approach the draft. We haven't really talked about it at all yet, and now as the combine is starting to get underway, it's going to become a whole lot easier because some of these names we're going to become familiar with, we're going to be able to read, we're going to have something to actually sink our teeth into other than college games that were played however many months ago. Let's be real, I don't have the time or the interest of sitting down and watching college tape, especially from prospects who who didn't play at schools that I watched or in games that I watched. I just, I I can wait. I can wait until the combine. I can wait until this ball gets rolling. And now we have reached that point. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. You can join me there. 
Brandon says it's hypocritical to say you want a beast O-line, but don't want to spend a number one in the draft. Look at Dallas with Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Frederick and Williams invest in protection or get mauled and whine about it. And Brandon, look, I agree. I I was pointing out uh, the contradiction in the in the hypocrisy, maybe not hypocrisy. That's that's got a little bit of a personal connotation, but the contradiction in Packers fans, because we're a fan of the team, we want to see them win the the draft. The combine, free agency, trade, that's that's extra, right? We are interested in that, and we focus on that because, in turn, that's going to make the Packers better or worse, and that's going to affect wins and losses, which affects us as a fan. And I was sharing that story, that comment that I read, uh, where uh, one of the commenters or the, the questioners in this video said, I'm not going to lie, I really want the Packers to solidify the right side of that offensive line, but if I'm being honest, I'm going to be pretty bummed if they use the 12th overall pick on it. I, I'm not saying that it's wrong to use a top pick on an offensive lineman, but as somebody who does not live and breathe and die for the draft, and it is only one part of being an NFL fan and part of that experience, it's boring to take an offensive lineman at the top of the draft, right? The Packers haven't been at 12. They haven't been this high in my, in my lifetime, or at least, well, they have in my lifetime, but since I can remember, let's put it that way, like they're they are picking in in a rare position for themselves. I want to be. I want some flash. I want some entertainment. Is that so bad to admit? I'll admit it. If the Packers take an offensive lineman, I'll be like, ugh. I'm not saying it's a bad pick, but it loses a little bit of its lust, doesn't it? Come on, I can't be the only one who's willing to admit that. Maybe I am, and maybe I'm just a horrible Packer fan. But I'd like to think that everybody out there is in the same boat. I, I will. Let's throw a couple names out there because there are uh, naturally with the Packers at number twelve. The edge rushers are being bandied about. And look, I, I think that fits this year. Last year, not so much because the, the Packers have always been in need of an outside pass rush the last two or three years. And they really haven't done anything to address it. They've used some lower round picks. And I know Kyler Fackrell is starting to develop. I'm not sold as him being a, a consistent stud pass rusher. I think he's a nice piece and I'm interested to see what he does going forward. But this year, the Packers still have the need of pass rusher. And now, from everything that we've read and everything that we've seen, just in terms of players in college, right? We haven't seen them play in the pros yet, so there's no such thing as a, as a sure, surefire deal. But there's a lot of edge rushers available in this draft. I mean, Joey Bosa and, and Josh Allen are going to be at the top. And then there's guys like Montez Sweat and Ja'Kai Polite. And, and this particular mock draft that I'm looking at, and I only use this as an example. This is from the Packers Wire. So this is Zach Cruz and the AP stuff. And it's really good. Zach Cruz does an excellent job. I, I only bring this mock draft as an example and as a discussion piece because it has... Pick 12 and pick 30 with two very familiar names. Most most Packers fans who are paying attention to the upcoming draft with any semblance of detail are probably going to be familiar with these players. Ja'Kai, Ja'Kai Polite, excuse me, the 12th overall pick uh, in this mock draft, the edge rusher out of Florida, right? If you follow any of the... Uh, the film analysts, the guys who break this stuff down on Twitter, especially for Wisconsin-oriented sports teams. You're Ben Fennels, who writes for The Athletic, and you're Brian Baldinger, um, and there's one I'm forgetting about that will come to me later, but that's neither here nor there. Ja'Kai Polite has been a guy who's been thrown around. Look at this technique. Look at this move that he's got. Look at this, this strength or this reach. Wouldn't this be great on the Packers? You know, you see stuff like that on social media all the time. I think it's interesting. Ja'Kai Polite, Montez Sweat, like I said. Uh, Josh Allen and Joey Bosa are going to be guys who are probably going in the top five. And maybe there's an early run on quarterbacks. I can't imagine that would be the case. Let's say Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray does go number one overall. 
which is is actually gaining traction. I don't know if there's anything real to it, but it's definitely a conversation. That means that if the Giants want a quarterback, they're probably going to have to take Dwayne Haskins, and that's two quarterbacks in the top five or the top six. I, I actually don't know which pick uh, the Giants have, but nonetheless, their team's above the Packers. So run on quarterbacks, and this is going to be a relative run on quarterbacks because it is such a soft quarterback draft, or at least that's what it appears to be on its face. That's going to push other skilled position players down. Now, I'm not saying Joey Bosa or Josh Allen is going to fall to pick number 12 with the Packers, but maybe they fall just enough where if the Packers want to jump up, they could, or in those players falling is once again going to keep pushing those dominoes, keep pushing those other good players down to number 12. The Packers should be able to get a difference maker. Uh, it's really the Packers' fault if they if they can't get their hands on a, on a playmaker. There should be plenty to have. This particular mock draft has Ja'Kai Polite, the edge rusher, going pick number 12, and then the 30th pick being used on the Iowa tight end, TJ Hawkinson. And you know what? When Drew Kelly comes in here to talk UWL basketball, I'll actually ask him about that as well. Drew's a, Drew's a big Iowa fan, so he, he will probably be able to say more the first hand about TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to be completely honest. If the Packers could get Ja'Kai Polite at 12 or any upper level pass rusher, I'm, I don't have my heart set on anything, let alone a specific player, but if they could get a, an edge rusher and they'll be able to be had at pick number 12 and they're able to get TJ Hawkinson, who I think is the consensus best tight end in this draft. Noah Fant is real good too. I don't know if he's your prototypical NFL tight end, but he's incredibly athletic and incredibly skilled. TJ Hawkinson, I was watching and reading earlier today uh, trying to find player comps and, and seeing what draft analysts and film analysts were saying about TJ Hawkinson, saying, yeah, he's got bits of Rob Gronkowski in him. Now, anytime that happens, I'm like, come on, let's slow down a little bit. We want to be optimistic, but we want to be accurate as well. This guy's never played an NFL snap, but that semblance of being very, very big and very, very strong and just a bowling ball. And, and I think TJ Hawkinson has a little bit of that in him. And to be honest, if the Packers took him at 12, I would consider it a reach, but I wouldn't consider it ridiculous. I don't think it would be the right pick. But if TJ Hawkinson falls all the way to the 30 and the Packers don't take him, okay, that, that, that'll actually frustrate me. I'll be sad. Uh, the, the fan in me, right? I'm, I'm willing to admit when I am, I'm looking to be entertained. I'm looking to have some excitement around the draft, right? I, I'm not digging into player grades and all of that. I, man, I want some good players. I want players that I know and I want to be excited. Is that the right way to approach a draft? Absolutely not. And that's why I'm not, working in the war room for the Green Bay Packers draft, right? 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. This is obviously a conversation that's going to heat up, ramp up, and get more detailed as the next two months goes on. I'm just saying, let's get the ball rolling. I've heard talk about whether the Packers should trade up or trade down. I just talked to Dave Carney before the show went on. You hear him in the mornings on Mornings with Dave and Scrady. Uh, And he was saying the Packers should maybe think about trading down and getting three picks in the top 30 in the first round, right? I I don't know how I feel about that. It would be one thing to trade that 30th overall pick for an established player, uh, and it better be a damn good player. NFL first-round picks are not easy to come by. They're not bandied about like they are in the NBA, possibly. But I'm okay with using that 30th overall pick to maneuver, whether that's somewhere else in the draft or whether that's to bring in an established player who, who's already, well, established and willing to, ready to com, come in and, and contribute right away. I'm okay with utilizing that 30th overall pick in, in some sort of maneuver other than selecting a player at 30th overall. But I, I'd like to see the Packers hold on to that 12th overall pick. I don't necessarily even need to see them trade up unless somebody falls and they're sitting there at six or seven. And now all of a sudden the Packers are thinking, well, wait a damn minute. We could get a a crazy good player. I was going to say Hall of Fame or a generational player. Those words are just too big. But you could go up and get top two, top three talent 
at six or seven, then that's something interesting to talk about in terms of trading up and probably giving away pick 20 and pick 30. Maybe a pick later on down. I don't think that would be necessary, but you never know. Talking Packers draft strategy, a couple of weeks ago, I I threw this out there, something that we were going to have to keep in mind, whether the Packers should take the best player available, whether they should draft to fit need. I think the Packers are going to be able to fit needs by drafting best player available, because let's be real here. The Packers need a pass rush. They need offensive line help. They need safety help. They need linebacker tackling help anywhere they can find it on their defense. Really, the only place they are set is is defensive line and running back. I would love another weapon for Aaron Rodgers, whether that's bringing in an established wide receiver. I just saw Michael Crabtree got released yesterday or drafting another weapon. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver. What about TJ Hawkinson outside of, like I said, defensive line and maybe cornerback, unless you get a great player and running back, you're fine. That's a lot of landscape that you could improve by just simply drafting best player available. I don't think the Packers are going to have to be handcuffed by drafting a specific position to fill a specific need because they have so many. Now, some are more dire, but that's the situation the Packers find themselves in, and I'm interested to see how this all unfolds as we go out. You know what? We'll spring a TJ Hawkinson question on Drew Kelly because he is a Hawkeye fan, grew up in Iowa, right? He is also the the voice of local sports here on WKTY, so we got to talk UWL. One of the teams receiving an at-large berth, the other team not little weird, a little interesting, and I don't think we're going to get upset about it, but we definitely need to have a conversation. Also, some of the men being named to uh, the all-conference teams, all-defensive teams. We're going to break all that down and talk about that. Coming up next, Drew Kelly on the way. On the other side, you're listening to the Wisco Sports Show with me, your host, Grant Bills, right here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. We're talking a little Packers draft. So before uh, we transition into talking some local action and some UWL basketball, both on the men's and the women's side, it's been a big week. I ask you, Drew Kelly, first of all, thanks for coming in. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. You're an Iowa guy. I am. So, So what am I? I mean... You don't often see tight ends that are this hyped. Maybe O.J. Howard was the last one coming out of college who's right. had this much hype. Like, like, what all goes into it? Because there's good tight ends every year. They don't yeah. always get this discussion, though. I'm kind of, it's just interesting because at the beginning of the year, it was all about T.J. Fan. Yeah. And he was going to go number 15 overall, and he was going to be the stop. You know, he, he, he questioned about whether he was even going to stay at Iowa and just go into training yeah. for last year. That's how hyped he was at the beginning of the season. And then all of a sudden you have... Uh, Hawkinson, who wasn't really thought a whole lot about. I think everybody thought he was solid. I don't think everybody thought he was going to be what he was, which was yeah. the um, top tight end in the country. I can't think of the national award right now, but he obviously just won that award. <laughs> I'm sure it's some um, yeah. Stefanski, right. Polinski, right. <laughs> something like that. So, yeah, something something Russian. Something but, Polish or right, Russian something or something Ru- like yeah. that. Um, but just the way that I think Ferentz, the Iowa coach, used both of them. Yeah. I mean, he's a much more traditional tight end than... T.J. Fan was. T.J. Fan is a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, he's if you put him out, he's basically like, um, he's basically Megatron essentially in size. You know, and he can he sure. can jump. You can basically put him outside, and that's just not what Iowa does as far as an offensive skill set. So, and he wasn't a blocker that T.J. Hawkinson is. So when you see that that on film, and he's pancaking guys seven yards downfield yeah. just because he can, and he's not even part of the play. The play is like, you know, 15 yards to the right. He's still pancaking guys to the left. 
I mean, that's kind of, that's what you want to see if you're an NFL scout, I would imagine. Well, and that's just about the flashiest highlight you can have as a college right. tight end is absolutely burying uh, a defensive lineman Plus, into the turf. the fact that I think George Kittle came out of nowhere. Uh, this is true. A, kind of a later round draft pick for the 49ers. He led the receiving, you know, led the league in receiving, broke the record for a tight end this past year. I think it kind of makes you look at Iowa a little bit differently. Uh, I think it, also you take a look at what Josh Jackson, in terms of his draft stock, he benefited quite a bit from Desmond King the this year before, true. winning the Thorpe Award, you know, the prior year. And so I think you take a look at some of those colleges that you don't all of a sudden think about, you know, well, maybe we can get a tight end here. All of a sudden there's about two or three of them in a row, bam, bam, bam. And then all of a sudden you get more tape on these guys that otherwise probably wouldn't get that much, much of attention. Well, and I don't think anybody doubts Iowa's ability to crank out NFL players too. I don't really know why they just turn out NFL guys like they and they're not a super they're not winning the Big Ten every year. It's, no. an, it's an interesting case and it's something we're gonna have to follow. What I originally wanted to talk about and let's let's get into some <laughs> UWL basketball. I can talk Iowa the rest of the yeah, exactly. segment if you want to. But Th- yeah. this has become the Hawkeye Hour here right. on WKTY. <laughs> but I, it's been a big week for both of these teams. I, I think the men did not expect to get an at large bid. Yeah. Well, let's start there. So the men get the at large bid. After, well, disappointing. I, I'm yeah. not going to take personal shots at this team, but it was. I was disappointed. I know you were disappointed uh, on Thursday night when they fell to Platteville. So let's let's walk through that process from they thought their season was done, and now all of a sudden they're in the NCAA tournament for the first time since, I want to say, 2005, like 2006. Okay, 2006. Yeah, okay. so this will be their second uh, tournament appearance. Not this a, team, obviously, but the right, school. Yeah. Right, as, as the school. Um, it was interesting because I was thinking, even going into that game, that they were probably going to get an at-large bid. Just kind of given the way that, you know, Coach Sternbach had talked previously and kind of the way that, um, you know, some of the teams they've beaten. But when the seniors started filing out after they started putting in their younger guys, they're like in tears. That's not a sign and that's not a look of a team that thinks they're going to get back to the tournament and we just messed up. This That's a team of we messed up our chance, so we're not going to win the tournament at all. And so I talked to Coach Sternbach today. He said he thought the resume they had built probably would have gotten them in, but anytime you bring it to the committee and you have a bunch of, you know, figures that don't actually watch tape of you every day yeah. and just look at the pure numbers, it's always going to be nerve wracking. So, I mean, they didn't have a watch party, which he says, I mean, obviously a lot of people at class, yeah. that's going to, that's going to hurt. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of guys were shocked. Well, and it's weird too. And and I, it's funny, recency bias and the idea of recency bias in sports has come up a couple of times this week so far. And it's, it's not necessarily fair. But nobody is putting on film of games in December and right. watching that. Like, and that's just yeah, your the way last. The world yeah, your works. last impression is going to be what you do in the conference tournament, and they didn't look great. No, they they pooped the bed for yeah. all intents and purposes. And even past Thursday night, thinking if they just are able to win that game, even if it is ugly, they're they're, they're hosting. hosting to win the WIAC yeah. at home on Saturday, and you just it, it feels like a huge missed opportunity when it when it was when it was yeah yeah and I and I think also what I was thinking about like when they lost that game how much stock do you take all of a sudden into that three-game losing streak yeah. later in the season? Obviously, they redeemed themselves by beating Oshkosh and then big. winning the last game of the regular season, but I start to wonder, you know, you start to get into the discussion of are you playing your best at the end of the season? That might have been a question mark, and <laughs> I watched the selection show, and the analyst they had on was like, really? This is the team you're going to bring in? Because really? that was the one kind of like, that was the first team they brought on that was like on basically the border. And then basically that was going to be like kind of the telltale sign for some of the other teams that were on the bubble, like what the committee was going to be thinking. Yeah. So three teams in the WIAC, obviously we think it's the best conference in the country. A lot of people are in that agreement. But you take a look at 
three teams. One of them is Oshkosh, which is in the top, you know, ten of mm-hmm. the country. I was surprised they took three teams. I was. Well, and then and then Platteville makes it in yeah, as the automatic, as the automatic qualifier. And Stevens Point. And you only have twenty one at large bids. Yeah. And you take two of them at large bids from the same conference. It just doesn't happen very often. Well, and I guess if there ever was a conference for it to happen, it would be the WIAC. We hear right. about so good at how good it is. It doesn't matter who we have on the show. It's just it's a recurring theme, which is why the women's team not making the tournament was even more interesting for me. They finish at twenty two and five. Their their losses were on the conference, yep. and and one of which to Stout, which was maybe the only bad loss they avenged later yep. on in the year. So I maybe I have a, a a bad picture of what exactly women's basketball in the WIAC is like, but right. I. I if there was one of these teams I expected to get an at-large bid, it was the women. Yeah. Well, the fact that they had dominated pretty much their schedule, uh, for the most part, obviously going undefeated in non-conference. And then, uh, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the teams they played in the non-conference schedule. Only I know the games they, that, yeah. you, that you yeah. called and, and, and that we they, were at, and, yeah. But they went, you know, out of state. They played in some tournament games uh, towards the holidays. So you have to wonder kind of the quality of those teams and kind of what the committee thought about those wins or, you know, if they thought anything of them at all uh, at that point. Because when you get to 22-5... and five, and obviously, you lose in the semis of your conference tournament. And if all of a sudden the WIAC isn't, you know, looked at as that type of conference as it is in the men, then maybe you start, you start having some questions. But by the time you get to 22 and 5, I mean, they broke the record for wins, you know, for 20 years or, or whatever. Um, you're kind of splitting hairs. So, I mean, the only thing we can really look at is what they did out of conference. Well, and, and it's crazy, too. And I don't want to compare this to college football or college basketball, but it, it's. I think the strategy has always been if you're going to schedule cupcakes, you got to win. All. You, you can't lose. You got to yeah. kill them and you got to win. Yeah. Now I don't know the margins of those games, but it's not like they had an upset uh, in non-conference play. They they go undefeated. They they did all they could wins yeah. and loss wise. I just you talk about the men's team and Coach Jernbach loves to talk about is hey, they had a top twenty five strength to schedule out right. of conference. Yeah. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> is that really what it came down to? Do you think for the women it was just? I mean, what else would there be? Yeah, it's gotta I, be that's that, what right? I'm saying. I, I don't know what else kind of other, kind of factor that would kind of go against them at, at that point. Um, I guess maybe, you know, Stevens Point wasn't that great. They beat them in the uh, quarterfinal round, 61-55. I mean, was that a, a factor that they're like, well, they're not playing great? Then they scored 31 points or, or you know, three points in the first quarter and didn't play well in the fourth quarter against uh, Whitewater. So, yeah. you know, you never know of, of, of kind of how that goes. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh they're they're loaded. I mean, they got everybody coming back. Yeah, next they year. They got a bunch of freshmen. Evgamoki, um, Kaya Steiner was in that uh, group as well. She's going to be obviously playing quite a bit these next couple of years. Uh, Delaney Schoenberger's back. I mean, it's just going to be a loaded team. And this isn't going to be their last chance to get to a national tournament in the next four no, years. I wouldn't imagine it's not their last chance. I just, I just don't think that probably sa- that's probably not what they want to hear and what their fans want to hear and For what sure. we want to hear. But that is the reality of the situation. It, playing along those lines with with the WIAC and with what is you know the best conference in the country. So the UWL had a couple men make that. Uh, the first team was Brendan Manning and Ben Meinhold, who I'm not going to say I was surprised by making first team all-conference, but we'll get back into that. Talvish McRae made the all-defensive team. And, and I, Again. <laughs> I, yeah, and I saw this on Twitter. He's one of six players to ever make two all-defensive teams, yeah. which I, I think goes to show that how good the defense is in the WIAC, right? Yeah. That... It's that great every year that you can't just have one great defensive player right. make it uh, a string of times. So Talvish was able to do that. Brendan Manning and Ben Meinholz. I, man, it seems like Ben Meinholz, and I'm not here to hate on any player or any team. I just, the name is there. We know him because he's been there that long, and he is the guy. He exudes confidence on the court. I was a little bit surprised to see him on first team. Uh, Brendan Manning, I, I thought his play kind of spoke for himself. He did 
play a little bit. Well, I think it, I think it kind of goes to consistency. I, I think that's might have been part of the reason sure. you kind of question it a little bit. I mean, Brendan Manning was there pretty much every game, you know, and he was going up against the top guys in the conference. Yeah. Obviously, this is a post oriented just kind of the games I've seen. I mean, the the post and the big guys are kind of what beat all these teams yeah. uh, to possible victory. Um, you know, Ben Meinholz is obviously a leader. He's going to be um, he's going to be obviously a big important factor. He hurt his hand um, in that yeah, uh, that's right. Platteville game, so hopefully he's able to come back for you know this game for, for uh, Saturday night. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting uh, as far as Brendan Manning, a, a guy that Coach Sternbach has said has been unheralded pretty yeah. much his entire career. Didn't hardly play his last couple of years, and all of a sudden you get a new coach, you get a new system, and all of a sudden you're going to be the top guy that everybody's looking at on the uh, you know, scouting sheet that this is a guy we got to stop. So it's 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 a testament to his work ethic and obviously getting uh, the job done his senior year. No, and and I'm not, and I, I want to make this very clear. I'm not anti Ben Meinholz. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been first team. I was a little bit surprised, and it it goes along those lines. Like you have, there's only, so many great players. Yeah, and you and like you have top. Yeah, you're talking about at large bids. The, there's only so many bids you have, and taking three teams from one conference is pretty crazy. I think having two first team all players from lacrosse. Is is pretty cool. Yeah. Like for lack of a much better and more professional sounding <laughs> word, I don't know. That's pretty cool. That's something to hang your hat on. And I'm excited to see what this team is able to do in the national tournament as well. I wish we were talking about both teams making it. Yeah. Um. But both of these teams having fantastic seasons. The women don't graduate anyone. The men graduate a couple. So next year it's going to be a different situation. Yeah. And and I can't wait to to get back on the horse with the women's team next year as well because I think they're going to even be uh be better. So Drew, we asked a lot from you today. T.J. Hawkinson and men's and women's <laughs> basketball and the WIAC tournament and all conference. So thanks for giving us a couple of minutes, man. You bet. High school basketball coming up tonight at seven o'clock. Uh, Lacrosse Logan hosting Sparta regional quarterfinal action. You have do you have all these players memorized by the way at this point? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say faces, yeah. faces, yeah. and then it's like, oh yeah, that's that guy. That's right. That's right. You just gotta <laughs> get a quick reminder when you get there. Yeah. So, Drew, tonight seven fifteen or seven o'clock tip. You said seven o'clock tip. Seven o'clock tip. All right. So that'll be on the button. That's why I like the playoffs because, like previously, we had all the JV games and all you know, all of them are taking place before. So we start fifteen Don't really twenty five minutes starts. later. It's seven o'clock, and it's gonna start on the dot. And <laughs> and you feel like now everyone around you running these games is the professional that you are yeah, all the time exactly. throughout the regular of season. Course. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Drew, and have fun tonight. I'll call in that game local action here on WKTY. When we come back, I want to talk more basketball. We covered UWL. Let's talk a little Badgers and a little Bucks. I have an interesting question to to pose, and this is something we're gonna continue to talk about the rest of the week as well. Don't go anywhere. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Like Drew said, thanks again to Drew Kelly for giving us a couple of minutes. Local basketball tonight here on WKTY, 7 o'clock tip. So however you're listening right now, that'll do the trick come 7 o'clock. And it's funny mentioning, yeah, it's nice in the playoffs because they start on time. You know exactly when Drew Kelly's going on air. You know exactly when tip-off's going to be. There's no double header. There's no JV. Everything just runs a little bit smoother and is a little bit easier to deal with this time of year. And let's be real, the basketball's better as well. I don't think anybody is questioning that. Speaking of which basketball is best or when basketball is better or worse, I want to talk about the Badgers. I want to talk about the Bucks, and I almost want to compare the two. Now, I know it's two different leagues, and it's not necessarily fair to compare the two. I want to talk as fans, right? As listeners of this show and as me hosting the show, I'm just as much of a fan at times as most of our listeners, I'm sure. Like, last Saturday, this is a great example. I was at a buddy's place on Saturday night. We were just hanging out, and 
well, what do we throw on the TV? Well, we could throw on the Badger game. They were playing Northwestern. Or we could play on, uh, put on the Bucks game. They were playing the Wolves. For me, and this is no slight at the Badgers. I guess it is indirectly a slight at the Badgers. I would much rather watch the Bucks game right now. I think the Bucs more entertaining. I think the Bucs are better relative to their league. And to be honest, I watched a little bit of the Badgers-Northwestern game. We were going back and forth, and it was not doing it for me. It was very ugly. <laughs> it, was not a, it was not a fun game to watch. 69-64 was the final score. So the scoring was actually up there, uh, comparable to some other Big Ten games, specifically Wisconsin games that I've watched this year. But, you know, we had another good performance from Khalil Iverson. He had 11 points, relative once again. Uh, not a lot from their bench. Eight bench points in total. Two from Brevin Pritzel and six from Aline Ford, who just hit two three-pointers. And other than that, it was quiet. Kobe King, we gotta get Kobe King going. We gotta work together as lacrosse Badger fans to get Kobe King going. But in the starting lineup, like Ethan Happ played a, a pretty ugly stretch of basketball when I was watching. He had three turnovers throughout the game, as did Brad Davison. Khalil Iverson had two Demetri Trice had two. It was a sloppy game. A lot of turnovers. And sometimes you're going to have that. And I'm not whining. I'm not complaining as a sports fan because the product on the TV does not please me, right? Some games are ugly. Some games are fantastic and exciting and clean. And the ball is shot well. And there's no turnovers. And there's no dribbling it off the toe out of bounds. That's not always the case. But on Saturday night, I thought that I faced a very interesting predicament. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners faced it as well. Let's say the Bucks and the Badgers are playing at the same time. Now, in years past, oh, I'm watching the Badgers 100%. Now, this year, hmm, I think I'm taking the Bucks. I think I'm watching the Bucks. Last night, or Saturday night, they were playing the Wolves. And, and we had some, some Wolves fans. There's a lot of Wolves fans around here, right? Especially on campus. A lot of people who are either from Minnesota or they grew up closer to the cities. And let's let's be real. Where I'm from, up in Menominee, which is right next to Eau Claire, for those of you who don't know, Maybe you've never been up there. There's a lot of Twins fans. Now, this last year, there were a lot of Brewers fans as well, or at least they were a lot louder, but there's a good following for the Twins and the T-Wolves on this side of the state. And so we had some T-Wolves fans at this get-together as well, and we were watching Bucks wolves and I'm like, Badgers were in a two, three-point game in the second half. I'm like, you know what? I'll watch the highlights later. You know what? I'll read the recap because I just, I don't want to go through the laborious task of watching the end of a college basketball game. A lot of stopping, a lot of starting. There were a lot of turnovers in this game, like I said. A lot of missed shots as well, although it was higher scoring relatively to some of the games that we've seen in the past. I want to watch the Bucks game. This might be the best Bucks team that I have in my lifetime and the best Bucks player that I have in my lifetime in Giannis Antetokounmpo. If the Bucks ever get a player better than Giannis, I, am, I, I, I will be ecstatic. And I, that's much watch TV because I don't think it's going to happen. Giannis is incredible. I don't want to miss that. The Bucs are incredible. I don't want to miss that. Last night, I was at Howie's, and I was watching Christian Wood in the fourth quarter slam down these big cockback slams. I almost fell over in my chair at Howie's last night. It was absurd. And it was garbage time against the Bulls, who are awful. I'm just, I'm riding this Bucks high right now. And maybe you are a college basketball purist, and you think that, that is the way the game is supposed to be played. Gritty, hard defense. No traveling, quote-unquote, like they have in the NBA, right? There's effort up and down the floor, and that's fine. If that's your brand of basketball and that's what you prefer, that's fine. There are times where I have preferred college basketball, specifically when the Bucks were bad, right? 
this year, man, I'm all in on the NBA. I'm all in on the Bucks, And we're going to follow the Badgers through the conference tournament. I think that will juice my excitement up. I'm going to be excited to watch the Big Ten tournament unfold because there's so much parity from top to bottom, even all the way down to teams like Illinois. And then, of course, March Madness is March Madness. Maybe it's just the regular season. So maybe we'll have to reevaluate. And I told Zach Heilprin, our Badgers guest here on the Wisco Sports Show, and of course, we just heard him a couple of minutes ago with his Wisconsin Sports Zone update. I told him, I, Zach, I want to have you back late in the tournament to be able to talk about this. Because he maybe heard rumblings of of me talking about starting to watch Marquette and being bigger on the NBA than on the Badgers and not wanting to watch the Badgers. I took that a little bit personally, and as he should. And I said, Zach, I want the Badgers to make a tournament run. I want to have really good Badgers basketball to talk about come March. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I certainly hope for it. But as, as far as the regular season goes, man, I'm watching the Bucks right now. Tonight, the Badgers play as well. I, I don't know if that's a game that I'm going to watch. I got some studying to do. I got to clean the kitchen. I didn't do that this afternoon. So I'm starting to think of all the stuff that's going on. The Badgers play Indiana tonight, who has Romeo Lankford, but they've still managed to be a dumpster fire. I don't know if I'm going to watch. Maybe I'll tune into local basketball here on WKTY. Maybe I'll watch Thunder Nuggets because that game is on tonight, and that intrigues me a lot, too. I don't know. I've been such a bummy Badger fan this year. Like I said, I want them to make a Big Ten tournament run. I want to be able to talk meaningful Badgers basketball in the thick of March Madness, hopefully more than one or two rounds in. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but as of right now, yeah, I'm loving the Bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm like I might watch the Thunder Nuggets game tonight. I might just clean the kitchen and go to bed early. I don't know. Badgers, Hoosiers, Indiana, if I am remembering correctly off the top of my head, and I'm going to fact check myself right now as we speak, has lost, oh yeah, they have, lost a handsome amount of games here in a row. One, two, three, four, five. They're on a five-game losing streak. Before that, they beat Michigan State, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven losses before that. So they have a seven-game losing streak and a five-game losing streak separated only by beating Michigan State at Michigan State. And that's what's fun about college basketball is you get upsets like that Right. And don't get me wrong. Indiana has an incredible draft prospect in Romeo Langford. who's probably going to be a lottery pick and and so on and so forth. I I, I still don't know if I'll watch. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. I'll watch the highlights. I'll read the recaps. I'll tune in and hear what David Grady have to say about it. But I I don't know if I want to spend my evening tonight watching the Badgers. God, I feel horrible. I wish I could take that back. Wish I could, but I'm honest on air. I was I was honest earlier. Remember when we were talking Badger or Packers draft? I said, man, I want them to fix the offensive line, but I'm going to be I'm going to be bummed. I'm going to be bored if they spend that that 12th overall pick on an offensive lineman just because I want to be entertained. Maybe I'm a diva. Maybe I'm a baby. Sue me. I'll be honest about it. I'm a sports fan. I don't I don't tune in to analyze. I don't tune in to to critically think about the type of game that we're watching, the swing offense and the slow run the clock down Badgers style of offense. Man, I'm a sports fan. I want to be entertained. I want to see my team do well. That's that's basically the root of all of this. Tomorrow, when we are back on the Wisco Sports Show, as we are just about to run out of time, the hour goes fast. First of all, Drew Kelly tonight, local action at 7 o'clock here on WKTY. Logan and Sparta will be playing some playoff action. That will start at 7. It's a playoff game, so very tight shit being ran. Uh, tonight, 7 o'clock tip here on WKTY. Thanks to Drew for joining us. We're going to continue uh, to not only talk about UWL. The men are going to be making the national tournament. Well, they have made the national tournament. So we're going to start playing there. We're going to keep that conversation rolling. The Packers draft talk is just heating up. And oh, by the way, the Brewers played again today. We didn't even have time to get to that. So a lot to cover as the week rolls on here on WKTY and on the Wisco Sports Show. And you know what? We'll talk about the Badgers game tomorrow as well. Because we're Wisconsin fans. 
it's what we do. <laughs> Look at it that way. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a tremendous rest of your night. This has been the Wisco Sports Show. Do it same time, same place tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.